You're listening to The Itch, a podcast exploring all things allergy, asthma, and immunology. I'm your co-host, Courtney, a real-life allergy, asthma, and eczema girl. And I'm your second host, Dr. Payal Gupta, a board-certified allergy, asthma, and immunology doctor. Courtney and I hope to balance each other out so that we get you all the information that you want and need about allergies, asthma, and immunology. Today we are releasing the Yoga Breathing Exercises for Asthma panel discussion that Dr. G and I had in the late fall of 2021. This was one of three Living Well with Asthma virtual events organized by Allergy and Asthma Network and sponsored by GSK. We're going to release all three today. This is the first one. I'm really excited to bring this to you because as you will learn, I love yoga and that's what we'll be talking about. At the end of the episode, you'll hear a new voice. This is Tori. She served as the moderator for the panel and asked us the audience questions. We decided to keep in the Q&A because there's some super helpful information there. The last thing is to check out the show notes if you want to watch the panel. What you don't hear in this episode is the 10-minute yoga session led by personal trainer Shannon Simpson. She goes through some simple gentle yoga poses for better breathing. So let's get into it. Hi, everyone. We're very happy to be here. A fun fact about me is I actually did my yoga teacher training quite a while back, and I never got to teach because of the way that life seems to go. But I know a lot about yoga, and I have a pretty regular yoga practice. I practice almost every day, so one could say I'm a yogi. Um, And so I'm so happy that we can share this wonderful movement form with you tonight. As an allergist, do you ever recommend yoga for your patients who are managing asthma? Yes, I actually recommend yoga to my patients or forms of exercise to my patients all the time. And I particularly like yoga because there's so many different types of practice. It can be gentle, it can be rigorous. And I love the breath component of it that we're going to talk about. And also the meditation component that can also be associated with yoga. So I think it's a form of exercise that we're learning more and more about. And we're learning more about the benefits of really how good it is for your body. So I'm, again, I'm really excited to help people understand those health benefits a little bit more tonight. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I know that when you are managing something like asthma, stress control is something you want to have in your life. And yoga has definitely been a practice that's helped me really center myself and figure out when, as you can tell, sometimes my breath gets all clamped up and it's because I'm not breathing. And the awareness that yoga has given me is to realize that I'm I'm holding my breath and that maybe something's not, not happening that should be happening. What would be interesting for us is could you explain more from the medical perspective on how yoga can help with breathing? Yeah. So, I mean, I think you hit it right on, you know, right on the spot, which is that, you know, yoga is three different practices put into one, which is physical exercise along with a focus on breathing and then focus on meditation. And again, it is a form of exercise. And what we know from research is that asthmatics who engage in uh, regular exercise programs have number one, better overall asthma control, number two, improved quality of life, 
Three, they have improved lung function, which means that their lungs just are functioning better. So that's like the breathing test that you do in the office tends to improve in asthmatics who exercise regularly. They have improved exercise capacity, which means they're able to do more exercise as they exercise more often. And then they also show a decrease in medication use, which means that they're not using their albuterol as often. They're not, they don't need to be on as many medications to manage their asthma. So we know that exercise in general is very, very important for our asthma patients. That's something that I like to highlight because I think a lot of asthma patients feel like they need to protect themselves and not exert themselves. And it's actually the opposite. We want you to do the things that you need to be doing to keep your body healthy. And again, exercise is one of those things. We as doctors can help you control your asthma so that you're able to exercise because every asthmatic should be able to ski, should be able to run, should be a marathon, can be in marathons, can be basketball players. You know, we have so many examples of athletes that are, that do have asthma. And so I always like to highlight that for my patients just so that they're not nervous to exercise. And then as far as the breath goes, because yoga focuses on the breath, I really, really love that because stress and anxiety are known triggers for people's asthma. They're also known to um, kind of alter our perception of our asthma symptoms. And what I mean by that is that when people are under stress or they have any kind of anxiety inducing event, their breath is the first thing to feel altered. And so you feel like, oh my God, I can't breathe right now. And that's true for people who don't even have asthma and they have stress or anxiety, they might have that sensation of just not breathing well. What yoga helps you do is it helps you really understand your breath. It helps you focus on your breathing. It helps you understand what it feels like to take a normal deep breath. You know, I tell a lot of my patients that when they're feeling that stress and anxiety, that I want them to kind of sit still, that I want them to focus on their breathing, take some nice deep breaths before they reach for their albuterol inhaler. Because at times, just slow, deep breathing can be all that it takes. And it's not actually your asthma that's being triggered. It's just that you need to slow down your breathing and just understand your breath. And so I think that's the component of yoga that is just so important for our asthmatic patients. And then again, the physical benefits you know, that I discussed before that we see with exercise, but then it also helps improve your posture. And that's very important for our breathing. You know, if we're hunched over, if we're not, if we don't have our kind of rib cage nice and wide and open, our lungs can't expand as much as they need to. And so yoga also helps with the posture. And then it also helps with strengthening the muscles that we use to breathe. And it's really just strengthening your whole body and giving you that kind of tool that you need to understand your breath. Lastly, some yoga practices are also associated with meditation. And, you know, meditation, we also are getting having more and more research on, but there are amazing benefits to meditation for the mind and for calming the mind and for people with stress and anxiety. And again, that can be a trigger for people's uh, asthma. And so having something that hopefully will reduce it is super important. Yes, I can account for many of those things. And one thing about asthma, which I think is really interesting about your posture that you mentioned, is that you become more aware of your core and you can feel your lungs and you can feel the inhale and the exhale. And that's been a really good tell for me to know that this is more of an anxiety thing and it's not my environment that's 
you know, because I have environmental triggers for my asthma and I know that it's not my environment, it's something else going on with my constricted breath. And I can feel the difference now between a constricted breath that's anxiety induced and a constricted breath that's something that's environmentally triggered. Yeah. And, and I'm just, it's nice to hear a real life experience because you're, you know, you have such a deep yoga practice and you also suffer from asthma. I think it's really nice that you're able to connect that with that. I really want, uh, I want to ask you, how do you guide people on which form of yoga to pick? Because there are so many different forms of yoga, um, as a yoga instructor or somebody who's taken the course, at least, how do you guide your friends and family if they want to start yoga? Yeah, that's a good question because I think that there's so many different types of yoga practices. There's restorative yoga where you're basically lying on pillows for like the whole class and you're just in different postures which is really an amazing practice to start with if you want to focus on your breath and you want to focus on body awareness and then there's something in the other extreme which is like a Bikram yoga class which is a really really hot yoga class where you're doing postures twice for an hour and a half and you're sweating and your heart rate is super elevated so you have to ask yourself what are the benefits I'm looking for am I here for the meditation Am I here for the breath body connection? Am I here for a really good workout? So that's kind of like the spectrum. I like to start with a gentle yoga class where you kind of get introduced to the postures, you get introduced to the breath and the body connection because to me, yoga is about that breath body connection. So I really like a vinyasa class, which focuses on you inhale and you do one movement, you exhale and you do another movement so that you are seeing that connection. What I would say is kind of figure out your goals. And then if you're completely new to the practice, there are so many amazing things online now. So try a bunch out. You know, I have a post on the zestful.com about my tips on starting yoga if you have asthma or allergies. And in that, I recommend three different classes of different styles just to get you introduced to them. I personally like to know something when vetted at the class, uh, just so that I know that I'm doing something correct. So if you want, we can link to that. And so you can see some classes there that you can test out. But that's basically what I say is figure out your goals and then try it. You know, it's like anything, you might not find the right class for you, but don't stop there. There's so much out there that you need to find the right teacher, you need to find the right atmosphere, you need to keep on looking, you're going to find something that's right for you because there's so much out there. I do have another question for you, Dr. G, and that is for someone who has asthma and who's nervous and who maybe has exercise-induced asthma, should they use their albuterol inhaler before a class? Yeah. So again, you kind of, again, answer that question. If you have exercise-induced asthma and you're going to do one of those more strenuous classes, then your doctor's instructed you to use your albuterol inhaler like 20 minutes before any kind of strenuous activity, then you would use your albuterol. Now, if you're doing one of those more gentle classes where you're not going to have as much movement, then you might not need your albuterol. But again, for anybody with asthma, you should really be carrying around your albuterol everywhere you go just in case you have any issues with your asthma, but definitely before you go to any kind of exercise or uh, any kind of class where you might be exerting yourself, you should have your albuterol inhaler just in case you need it. 
how can someone prepare for their first yoga class if they have asthma? Yeah. So again, you know, you always want to check in with your physician if you're nervous or if your doctor's ever told you that you need to be careful with any form of exercise. But as we've discussed, there's so many different types of yoga and you can find a gentle form of yoga. So uh, really, I think yoga is safe for most and every patient out there because it is mostly stretching and breathing depending on the class that you do. Then again, you always want to make sure you have your albuterol. In addition, if you're going to a studio for a yoga class, you want to call ahead because sometimes they use incense and candles and that can be aggravating for people with asthma. So you want to find out, especially if that's some one of your triggers, you want to find out if your studio, if the studio that you're potentially going to might use any of those things. And and then on the day of your class, if you're having a hard time with your asthma, it might not be the best time to go. Again, if you're doing a class that's just kind of a relaxation, meditation, breathing, then even if your asthma is not where you ideally want it to be, you should be able to do that practice. And then lastly, if at any time you're not feeling good while you're practicing, then you just rest. And that's the great thing about yoga. You'll find that in most classes, they, they give you that space where if you're not feeling the pose is right for you, if you're not feeling up to doing whatever the class is doing, you can get into a nice child's pose. It's just a nice, easy, like resting pose that is also still a stretch. And you can just kind of get into that pose and focus on your breath. Our first question from the audience is, can yoga help with vocal cord dysfunction? So vocal cord dysfunction is something where uh, you usually uh, work with a speech therapist, somebody that can help you focus on particular exercises, depending on what kind of situation you have going with the vocal cords that's causing your breathing to feel just not right. And so I think yoga can complement that. I think that you would, again, definitely continue whatever therapy is recommended by your doctor. But I do believe that yoga can definitely complement any condition really and help with any condition. And again, knowing uh, your normal breath, knowing how to control your breath and being aware of all of those things is uh, important just for our general well-being. So yeah, I do think that it would be beneficial for something like vocal cord dysfunction. Thank you, Dr. Gupta. The next question is, is it safe to go to a yoga studio during the pandemic? Yeah, so actually this is one of the questions that we were gonna go over and so I'm glad that you asked. If you're nervous about in-person classes, it's okay to do yoga through the internet, through classes that are available. There's even some, I think, live classes where, you know, both like you're kind of on video and the other, the instructor's on video so they can actually see you and talk to you. Those are also available. As far as it being safe, it's really dependent on what the yoga studio that you're going to go to, what kind of practices they have in place to keep everyone safe? Are they checking to make sure that everyone's vaccinated? Would you need to wear your mask? How spaced out are people? Things like that. And so it's really going to depend on those kind of factors as far as whether or not it's safe. But I think if you're vaccinated, everyone else in the room is vaccinated and they're making sure that no one's feeling sick or has any symptoms, then I do think that it should be okay. Thank you for sharing that. The next question is, does yoga need to modify for different age groups? Yeah, I think everyone has a different 
physical ability, right? So if it's your first time doing class, like when I first started yoga, my toes looked like they were two miles away. It was just like an impossibility. I was like, there's no way those are ever going to be touched by these fingers. But with time, it changes. And I think that you shouldn't get discouraged. So whatever level you're at, if you can barely lift up your arm, or if you're like, you know, a contortionist, you'll find a practice for you. But you can also find ways to modify. So I think that it, I wouldn't say there's a yoga for an age group, but there's a yoga for your body, right? There's a yoga for where you're at right now. And you can also modify. Not every pose you're, you're going to, you know, nail. And some poses you're never going to be able to get into because your body's just not going to let you, you know, you're just built in a way that that posture is not going to be for you. But I do have something here and it is a yoga block. And I think that if you're new to the practice or if you've been practicing for years, a yoga block is your best friend because it will help you get into postures that might not be as accessible at the beginning or might not never might never be accessible. And it's also really important to find positions that allow you to breathe. The worst thing you want to do is get into a yoga pose and then hold your breath right? Because you're like, I'm going to be in this pose for 30 seconds. I've got it. And you're like, that's not the point. So modify, use props, and just listen to your body because it's going to tell you where it is now and it will be somewhere else tomorrow. And you might have gotten into one posture yesterday and it's not going to be possible today. So I would say it's about your body. It's not about your age. It's not about your physical ability. It's where you are now. And then just find whatever suits you. Thank you for that. Our next question is, if you guys could comment on medical conditions that are not advisable for yoga, such as osteoporosis or arthritis. And of course, there are others. So again, you know, we've kind of highlighted this a couple of times because there's so many different forms of yoga. There's just breath yoga, meditative yoga restorative yoga, you know, people with osteoporosis, people with other joint issues and things, we actually tell them that they need to stretch and they they need to do more physical activity. And for women, uh, a way to prevent osteoporosis is actually to do some weightlifting as much as you can. And so, you know, again, talk to your doctor, make sure that they're comfortable with whatever form of exercise that you want to do if you have any concerns, but I don't think that your doctor will be opposed to you doing yoga, definitely. And our last question is, how is yoga different or beneficial for those with obstructive lung disease as opposed to restrictive lung disease? Yeah, so I mean, again, uh, both of those diseases are conditions of the lung. And again, as we've been speaking, just learning your breath for either condition is super important. Improving your posture is important for either condition. Improving the strength of the muscles that you use to breathe is important for either condition. So really, there isn't a difference as far as this practice goes and how beneficial it'll be for you. It's really going to be beneficial for everyone. And then just one other thing that I want to say is that you don't need to buy all these special things to start a yoga practice. You can do yoga on a carpet. You can do it kind of on a towel. You can do it on a hard floor. So really you don't need to have anything special to do it. And most yoga studios, for example, will have the blocks that Courtney mentioned. But if you're practicing at home with a video, you can really do all of those practices without any special tools. One of the benefits of looking at videos online is that you can slow it down as much as you need. 
Any final thoughts, Courtney or Dr. Gupta? Just listen to your body. Be good to your body. Take water to your class. Take your inhaler to your class. Take a friend to a class. Or I know a lot of people that do online classes together with people that they feel safe with. So that's another way to do classes. But again, just always listen to your body. And like Courtney said, meet your body where it needs to be met with the classes that you decide to do. And then if you ever have any questions, there's so many people to reach out to. If you ever have any questions for us, you can always reach out to us too. Yeah, I think that Dr. G summed that up really nicely is don't feel like you need to get into the posture today. Yoga is a journey. It's not a destination. And what you learn on that journey is beautiful for you mentally, for you in your heart, for you in your soul, and hopefully for your breath as well. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Remember that all information you hear today is for informational purposes only and are not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider. And also don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And if you have a second, help spread the word by rating our podcast and sharing with your friends and family who might also be interested in learning more about allergies, asthma, and immunology. You can always stay up to date by checking out our Instagram, The Itch Podcast, where you can leave questions you are itching to know, or check out our website, which is www.itchpodcast.com, which contains more information about the subjects we covered in today's episode and every episode. Until next time, have a fabulous week.